Hey, will, will you join me in prayer? Um, let's pray together. God, thank you for this morning. Thanks for the gift to just be here and we'll worship you. Thanks for uh, bringing us here together. Thanks for the opportunity to, to come off the morning after Christmas uh, in, into, into your house, to be together, that the, that the end of Christmas, that Christmas being over um, is not the end of hope, but only the beginning. Thank you for the gift of your son and the opportunity to be here together this morning. I pray that you would be glorified in, in the rest of our time. In your name we pray. Amen. When in my family, um, at least growing up, uh, the, the end of Christmas was, was not an easy time for us. Uh, you see, we, we, we love Christmas as a family, and we look forward to Christmas with a ton of great anticipation, my siblings and I. Um, it, w- it was a really big deal, and so with the weeks counting down to Christmas, we'd kind of be on the edge of our, on the edge of our seats of like, when, when is Christmas going to be here? Is it almost here yet? And, and, I, and I, I know we were really excited to spend some time with our family during Christmas, but I, I would also be lying to you if I said that was why we were really excited for, for Christmas. It wasn't going to be a bad thing, but it definitely wasn't the thing we were looking forward to most. You see, the, the, the reason that we were so excited for Christmas was because was of the presents. Um, we couldn't wait for the presents. And, and so what would happen is we'd get to Christmas morning, we'd all kind of gather at the top of the stairs in, in, in tons of anticipation, just ready to see what was available there for us. And, and when whoever was happened to be in charge of making sure the presents were wrapped and set and ready, whenever they gave the okay, the cue, we, 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 would, we would thunder down the stairs and turn the corner into the living room, and, and there they were, the presents in all of their glory right on the Christmas tree. And, and it was just one of those moments where you're like, yes, this is exactly how I imagined it. And then we tore through the presents like that. And then all of a sudden, it was over. Like, we opened one after another, and I think, I don't know how much time went by, but it felt like it was like 30 seconds between the time we were at the top of the stairs and when the presents were all gone. And we had waited so long for that moment, and then it was just gone so quickly. Just like that, it was all over. And then all of a sudden, there was just kind of this different feeling in the air. One of my siblings who will go unnamed, would, would kind of commonly refer after the presents were over, they have the saying with their shoulder slumped of like, Christmas is over. <laughs> and you kind of felt it. And, and, and to some reality, it was over. You know, there was, the presents were gone, and what we had gotten excited for for that day it was over. And, and today, I just want to explore this idea with you for a second. The, the idea that sometimes in our lives, Christmas comes with, with so much anticipation, so much that we're looking forward to or, or that we're building up with, uh, with excitement or anticipation for the coming of Christmas. And, and we possibly, we get to Christmas like when we are opening presents and we think like, wow, that was so great. That was so great. I was talking to a number of you walking in this morning, and, and maybe you're all um, just saying what you think you're supposed to say, but it all seemed like a lot of people had a really good 
Christmas, that they really enjoyed that time. We think, wow, it's so great. But then the flip side of it is that maybe some of us think like, oh, gosh, wow, now it's over. Now it's just over. And I do think our text this morning points us a little bit towards this idea of like, what do we do now that the, that the greatness of what we experience, now that it's over, that, that Christmas in, in its meaning is not over, but the, the day of Christmas, it's over. Now it's the morning of a Sunday. Uh, listen to this text. It comes from John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. And uh, if you'll just listen and follow along as I read it for us. This is, this is John's gospel telling an account of how Nathaniel encounters Jesus. And it starts like this. It says, The next day, Jesus decides to leave for Galilee. And finding Hil- Philip, he said to him, Follow me. So Jesus runs into this man named Philip, and he says, Follow me. It says, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathanael. So Philip goes and follows Jesus. And then he goes and finds his friend Nathanael and told him, we found the one who Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Philip gets really excited. He's like, I I found the one who the prophets were speaking of. I found this Jesus of Nazareth. You've got to come see him. And, And Nathaniel responds, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? And Philip says, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, so Nathanael eventually follows Philip back to Jesus, and it says, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, Jesus said to him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael, somewhat understandably, has never met this guy before. And so he responds, he says, how do you know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Nathanael's mind is blown. He's like, I've never met this guy, and yet he knows who I am. And Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Nathanael essentially saying, wow, you're actually who Philip was saying that you are. And then Jesus responds to close our passage like this. Jesus says, You believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You see, in this context, we're just in the very first chapter of John's gospel. Jesus is just starting his ministry. And he's just beginning to call some of his first disciples, some of his first followers to him. And, and so we read that Nathaniel then, or sorry, Philip has this interaction with Jesus. And he realizes, wow, this Jesus, this is exactly who we've been looking for, who we've been waiting for. And so he immediately goes back and he tells his friend Nathaniel, he's like, you got to come see this guy. And Nathaniel, like maybe some friends that you have when you give them some sort of advice, or maybe this is more of your family members than your friends, Nathaniel 
responds with a lot of questioning and a lot of doubt. He's like, ah, I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical of the advice that you're giving me. I'm not sure that I can necessarily believe you in what you're saying. He says to the point where, can anything good really come from Nazareth? Like, are you sure? Are you really sure about what you're saying? But eventually, like most good friends you have, eventually he relents up and says, if you're going to give me this advice, then I'll at least give it a shot. I'll follow along. I'll see what, what this guy that you speak of, what he's really like and what he's really up to. So he basically says, fine, I'll come check it out for you. And that's when Nathaniel encounters Jesus. And, and one of the coolest parts about this entire passage is that Nathaniel's walking up to Jesus and Jesus, meeting him, ready to meet him for the first time, and Jesus already knows him. He already knows him. He, he performs this sort of mini miracle just by showing him, I, I've already seen you before under the fig tree. I know you already. And Nathaniel is just blown away. His mind is absolutely blown by this miracle that Jesus performed, saying, I, I know you. And then he goes on to, to profess and believe that Jesus is who, who Philip was telling him that he is. He, he, he starts to believe, Jesus, you are the, the Son of God. And, and, and those things are really, really cool parts of this story. Um, and so I don't want to lose the fact that Nathaniel invited his friend to come see Jesus. And then when, when we do encounter Jesus, that Jesus performs a miracle in our life is saying, I know you and I care about you and you matter to me. And I've been thinking about you far before you ever knew that. But here's the coolest part, I think, of this entire story. And here's what I just want to spend a little bit of time thinking about today. It's not the fact that Jesus did any of these things. It's, it's how Jesus responds once Nathaniel says, wow, you must actually be the son of God. Jesus responds and says, you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree, but you will see way greater things than that. Jesus is essentially saying like, you think that was cool? You think that was great? Just wait until you see what I have in store for you in the future. Wait until you see how I'm going to work in and through and around you in the future. You're going to see way greater things than what you just got so amazed at. You see, Nathaniel, he's in awe of how God worked in his life. He's in awe of a moment of like, wow, God, God met me in my own circumstances. God worked a cool thing in my life. But Jesus is quick to make sure that he knows one thing, that he, he's certainly not done showing him his glory, that he's not done working in and through him, and that he will experience so much more than what he already has if he sticks by Jesus. So as we come off of Christmas, Christmas Day is over, and as we go into a new year, I just wonder if there's potential that this may be a somewhat timely message for many of us. You see, Nathaniel has an encounter with Jesus, and he thinks, wow, this was great. And maybe coming off of Christmas, you're kind of thinking the same thing. Maybe, maybe 
you've had a period through an Advent and Christmas series where you've actually thought, wow, this was great for a variety of reasons, one of which may be like, I, I, I was able to focus a little bit more on Jesus. I did find myself a little bit more centered. I did find myself catching the joy and the hope and the light, even amidst whatever circumstance I'm going through, that Jesus does offer us. Wow, this, this Christmas season, it was great. But even in the midst of that great experience, and even in the midst of that great experience that, that Nathaniel had, Jesus wanted to make sure that he knew without a doubt that he wasn't even close to done working in him, through him, and around him. That that was just a tiny glimpse into what he was so excited to do in Nathaniel's life. And I think part of the message that we hear after we come off Christmas is that Jesus is saying the exact same thing to us too. That 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 this season or this Christmas, it might have been great, but he's not even close to done if you'll just stick around with him. You see, through his interaction Nathan with Nathaniel, I think we learned two things about Jesus. One, I, I think we learned very clearly that Jesus is committed to always being at work in our lives. And then two, I, I think we learned that, that his call for us, his kind of charge to us is to, to keep watch for what he's going to do next. To, to just be aware of, of how he is working and, and how he might continue to be at work in our lives. So I guess here's the question. Are you keeping watch for what God is up to in your life? You see, Christmas, at least the day, is over, but but as we head into a new year and 2022 is only like five days away, and as we head into a new year, I wonder, are you keeping watch? Are you expectant of the things that God is going to do in, through, and around you? And if you're anything like me, you come into the new year often thinking about the things that you want to do. I, I come into the new year thinking about the, all the things that I want to do, things that I want to do better, things that I need to stop doing, things that I need to start doing, things that I need to do more of, things that I need to do less of, things I want to do at a higher quality, at a lesser quality. I get really, really focused on what am I going to do and how am I going to do better, in a sense. And I, I want to make sure, I don't think those things are necessarily bad. I think the new year is a really, really neat time for us to reset and to imagine what this next year could look like in our lives. But I wonder, in comparison to how much time, if you're like me, you spend thinking about, like, what am I going to do? What's this year going to be about for me? I wonder how much time we spend thinking about what God is going to do through and in and around you. Are you keeping watch for what he might want to do in your life? I, I got to admit something to you, and some of you may have already realized this about me, but um, I'm like the least observant person in the entire history of all of humanity. Uh, when I'm like a, a single, single track focuser. So, so if I'm in a conversation or I'm having a thought, I'm pretty much blind to everything else that's going on around me. 
um, completely unobservant. Growing up with friends and family, we used to play this game where, you know, we'd, we'd all be sitting in a living room, and someone would pipe up in the day and say, everybody, all right, everybody close their eyes, and we're just going to see how observant or aware you've been of the room that you're sitting in. And so we'd all sit there, and we'd close our eyes, and then someone would pick on us, and they'd say, what, what's the pattern of the chair that you're sitting on? Or what, is there anything hanging on the wall behind you? Or, or how many people are in this living room that you're sitting in? And I was terrible at this game. You know, it's a house that I've lived in for like, I don't know, 15 years. And we're like, what's on the wall behind you? I'd be like, I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. And so just humor me for a second. Uh, play with me. So everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. And, and you, can, you can share this with the person around you. You don't have to like shout it back at me, but maybe share it, like talk to yourself or share it with someone around you. We'll do a little bit of a pop quiz of how observant are you? How aware are you? If your eyes are closed, first question, um, what color are the chairs that you're sitting in? If you said something around like a seafoam green, then you got that one. Okay, eyes, eyes still closed, eyes still closed. Um, what, is the, what is the texture of the walls of this place? Uh, examples being like a drywall, brick, stone, etc. What is the texture of the walls that surround you? And if you guess stone, you're right. Congratulations on your awareness. A third question. Is there anybody sitting in the row in front of you? Is there anybody sitting in the row in front of you? And a fourth question. Is there a cross anywhere in this room? And could you even tell me what, what's, well, the answer is yes, spoiler alert. And then could you even tell me what wall or what part of the room it sits in? Okay, you can open your eyes. Hopefully you didn't uh, fall asleep in the midst of that. But I wonder just how you'd grade yourself. How, how observant are you? How'd you do? Are you, are you aware of what's around you or not? If I wasn't preparing my own quiz, I probably would have not done so well at that. Now, now that was a, a, a kind of a silly little activity, but, but I think, and, it, and it honestly, it might not matter in the grand scheme of things how observant you are to like what the walls look like or what color chair you're sitting in, etc. But I, I really do think, I do think it does matter if you're aware of some of the greater happenings in your life, some of, some of what's going on in your life. And I especially think it matters if you're aware of the presence of God in the midst of just your everyday life. See, Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus shows that God absolutely plans to do great things in and through and around him and with us as well. He, that, that Jesus says to him, you'll see far greater things than what you've already seen. Don't worry, I have a ton that I still have to do in and around and through you, that your life 
will experience the fullness of me if you'll just hang in there with me. I promise you that. But, but here's the kicker. We have to actually be aware enough and, and observant of his presence enough in order to even recognize it. That, that he can do all of this incredible movement of our lives and we could just go right through it completely unaware of what he's done or what he's doing or even what he wants to do. You see, one of the things that's true is it's sometimes really much easier for us to recognize what God's done in our life when we have the perspective of hindsight. So, so when we can look back on things, it's, it's sometimes easier for us to say, I, I, could, I could see that. I could see how, how God was working through that. And I'm not saying that that circumstance was amazing or that it just magically made itself better or that it even worked out. But I would hope that even if we can look back and say, oh, I could see how God was, I could, I could find him in it or that he was, he was working to form me and shape me even in the midst of that. I could, I could recognize that when I have hindsight, when I have the benefit of some added perspective, when I'm a little bit removed from it. But I think what Jesus is talking about this, in this passage is the possibility of doing that, of recognizing that, in, in real time, that we don't have to get past it before we can look back and say, oh, I could see how God had moved or how he wanted to move, but that we can actually be aware of it and recognize it in real time. So you see, it would, if, we, if we're in tune with what Jesus is sharing with Nathaniel in this passage, then it would give us actually the ability to see how God is presently working in your life and in my life. And, and it would even give us the ability to maybe anticipate how he might work and want to work in our lives in the future. What, what he might have for us, what he might be calling us to, what he might be setting in front of us and saying like, oh, if you would just see this, that could unlock so much possibility or this could create a movement that influences so many people or this would be such an amazing help to so many people or this would allow you to become so much more of a whole person. I have this in front of you. I just want you to be able to see it. I think that in order to do that, this requires two things that I'll share with you in, in closing. I think the first one is that it requires us, as we've been sharing, to, to have the ability to recognize God's presence, to actually be present, to not get so stuck up in being so hurried and so distracted and so busy that we actually have a moment to sit and realize and be present so that we can recognize God's presence. And the second thing is that, is that we kind of have to draw ourselves out of this sort of self-obsession to think about what's coming next for me. Like, what do I want to do? What would be amazing that I've conjured up? And instead, to be able to think like, what does God want to do? And how can I be part of that? I think Jonah's a really good example of this. If you're unfamiliar with the story of Jonah, Jonah, uh, God, God kind of has one of those moments with Jonah where Jonah's so present to the presence of God that God invites Jonah into what he wants to do in him and through him and around him. God says like, I have this amazing calling for your life and, and I want you to be part of it. And I want you to go to Nineveh to start. 
And Jonah says, no way, I'm not going there. And so he goes the other way, and he heads to a place called Tarshish. And, it, and essentially it takes a, a few extreme acts by God to eventually right Jonah's ship and get him to head to Nineveh. But the point is that we both have to be aware of God's presence. We have to be present enough to catch his presence. And then we have to be okay saying like, I- I'm going to be willing to what, what you want, not, not what I want. And then if we do those two things, that we end up in Nineveh, so to speak. We end up in exactly where God has us to make whatever type of splash in this world that he wants us to make, either as an individual or a collective community. You see, just like Jesus made clear to Nathaniel and and God made clear to Jonah, God absolutely intends to do incredible things in, through, and around you this next year and well beyond into the future. But the, the simple question is this. Will you be present enough to recognize it? As we enter into 2022, are you keeping watch for what God has for you, for what he wants to be up to in your life? And once you are, would you dare recognize what he's up to and actually jump in to the adventure with him? Would you pray with me? God, thank you for this time to be together. Thank you for this church, these people, those joining us in person and online. And I pray that that you would move through us to recognize that you have far greater things for us than you've even offered to this point. And that like Nathaniel and like Jonah, if we can be present enough in the midst of your presence to recognize and to hear what you want to do in and through and around our life, and then if we can actually muster up the courage to say yes to it and to dive in, that God, you have great, great things in store for us. You have tremendous impact in store in, per, in the lives of people, in the ways that we move through communities, neighborhoods, families, etc., for good. God, you, you want so much goodness for this world, and you desire to bring us along to get a front row seat to how you want to use us and how we get to watch you move through this world. God, I just pray that we would be aware of that this morning, that we would head into 2022 fully aware and observant of your presence, saying, God, what do you have for us? What do you have for me this next year? And how can we be part of it? We lift all these things to you. In your son's name, amen.